0: Hello everybody, it's Barbara Legrand Cockrell, I'm Ron Legrand's sister, and I want to welcome you all to the call tonight. Of course, you know that we hold this call on the second Monday of every month, and um, Gold Club members can submit deals prior to the call that we review right here. So if you're not a Gold Club member, you can listen, but you can't participate. You can get more information and sign up for the Gold Club at www.ronsgoldclub.com. So now if you are a Gold Club member and you'd like to ask a question or discuss a deal, then you can submit star six to be entered into the queue. If you're a Gold Club member and you did not dial on the interactive line that is listed on your Gold Club membership website homepage after you log in, then you should hang up now and dial back in using that phone number and access code if you want to ask any questions. So um, we're going to get started in just a second and start taking um, callers to ask questions. Okay, so um, I'm ready for the first question. Is, is someone on the line?
1: Yeah, I'm on the line. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah. Who is this?
1: Uh, my name is Phil. I'm calling from Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Hi, Phil. How are you?
1: I'm fine. You ready for my questions? What,
2: what, I am. i got two questions. What, okay. I,
1: okay. i got my first question is... Uh, Yeah, Ron always says when you're leasing, doing a lease option, you let the market decide, so you ask them, you know, how much can you put down, how much can you pay per month. Um, The problem is when you advertise uh, on Zillow and Craigslist, they require you to put a rent down. So I'm just wondering how he uh, recommends getting around that.
3: Well,
0: um, go ahead. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's my question. Well, it, I mean, maybe there's no answer, but uh, I mean, I don't see how, I mean, most, most people I get when I do a lease option are through, you know, Zillow or Craigslist, and they require you to put a rent down. So I don't know how you can then say to the seller, the the tenant buyer, uh, you know, how much can you pay each month because we've already given them a rent.
0: Okay. That's a good question. Um, well, you know, When you're advertising, you've got got it actually on Zillow, too, that says that you will rent to own. And you've got it on Craigslist where you're advertising. So um, if you're advertising in the house for sale section, then you're putting a price and not necessarily in the house for rent section. Because you want to sell the house. You're not looking to really rent it. So when you advertise it in homes for sale and you say that you will lease with an option to buy, then that should be declaring the actual value of the house, like the price that you're trying to get for your house, like 100000 hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, 200000 et cetera. And you wouldn't be declaring the actual rent.
1: Well, okay. I mean, are you talking about Zillow or Craigslist now?
0: I'm talking about Craigslist and house for sale.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah, okay. So Cra- Craigslist, you can put in both sections. Though I find the rent section tends to get more callers. But so you're saying in the in the in the buy section, I don't have to tell them uh, what the rent is, whereas I do in the rent section.
0: You shouldn't have to, no. Because yeah. you're
1: just really
2: though, Zillow, makes rent.
1: You, Zillow makes you choose between Zillow won't let you put it in both, and i found that it's. I get a lot more response than the for rent, and and you have to put a rent down. So that's why I was just curious what his response was to that.
0: But do you really want to rent it? Don't you really want to sell it? And if somebody were calling and they just wanted to rent it, you wouldn't want to just rent it. You really want a non refundable option deposit. And people that are looking to rent are doing just that they're looking to just rent for a monthly amount and they don't have money to put down as they're not looking for that they're not looking for home ownership they're not looking to have money into it and to have a down payment people that are looking to buy are looking to buy and they're just so renting is not going to be the option for you because you don't you want to get a non-refundable option deposit and not just rent no, it. So I, you're I, looking...
1: I, 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 I agree. I, I always do that. I, I get non-refundable okay. option deposits. All I'm, in my experience, is just you're saying to put it in the for sale and therefore I don't have to give a monthly, which is something I'll, I'll give that a shot. Though As I said, my experience has been the I get more calls on the front, but I'll, tr- I'll try that on Zillow next time. I'll try it as a lease option under the uh, for sale side. Um, may I ask you one other question? Sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Ron used to say that, you know, when you get somebody, uh, whether through your VA or whatever, who isn't, you know, isn't interested in doing terms, you whack them. You forget and move on to the next. And I know that he's since kind of uh, modified that a little bit by using that no script and also the the no follow-up letter. Okay. So, you know, what I've been doing is if, if I get a a no, which are most of my VA calls are no's because I'm I'm kind of selective about wanting good school districts and stuff. So I'd say I get about 95% or no's. I've generally been following them up with a call, giving them the no script and and the email. Uh, I'm just curious at what point that he recommends that you just kind of whack. You know, I mean, at what point do you whack them and not go back to them? Is it is it uh, after that? Is it after give them another month or two and send them a follow up text? I'm just kind of curious about that.
0: Well, Phil, when you're talking to them initially and you're going through the no script, by the time you get to the no script, if the answer still no, here's a good question to ask them. What are you gonna do at the house if you don't get all cash? And that'll be mm-hmm. a very good determining factor on whether it's worth a follow up or not. For example, mm-hmm. if they say There is no way I'm ever selling to you on terms. You know, it's just dead. But if they say, or if they say, you know what, if I don't get it sold, my friend Sally is a realtor and I'm calling her and I'm just going to list it. Or they might Mm -hmm. say, you know, I just put it on the market. I kind of want to try it on my own and see how it goes. But if I can't sell it on my own, then I might consider doing terms later. Well, then you might say, Mm -hmm. well, do you mind if I follow up with you in a couple of weeks? So during that initial call, you kind of want to pre-screen them for how motivated you think they may be to want to do terms later, and there's your answer.
2: Okay.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's very helpful. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Good luck with your deals.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. So I'm going to take the next caller. So um, the next caller in the queue, can you identify yourself? Hello, do we have somebody up in the queue next? I heard somebody, is there someone there? All right, well let's try the next person then.
3: All right, who's up next? Hi, this is Christy calling from Texas. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, Christy. Um, You're from Texas. Hi. Yes. Yep. Okay. And um, I've been on all this stuff. I've been around you guys for quite a while. But I have a question because I have mentoring. When I have a property that I want to partner on, and the mentor themselves does doesn't want to partner, right? and it goes to Ron. I have the partnering agreement. How much of the negotiation do I need to get done? before it's handed over to be partnered on? Do I need to get all the terms in place? Or is it mainly that it's a yes lead on a high-end house or one that we want to partner on? Did I hear you say you are in the mentoring program?
0: Yes. Okay, well, your mentor would be the gatekeeper to determine if it is a good deal or not. So if the mentor does not feel that it's a good deal, then they're going to advise you on that and then they they're, they would screen the deal first. So you need yeah, to I get back.
3: That's...
0: You need to get Sorry, back to your me? mentor and discuss that with him or her and determine. You know, is it just? Are you saying that it's just not a good deal? It's not worthy of mentoring because the mentor, if the mentor feels that it is a good deal, then they will take it to Ron and discuss it with Ron. And then, of course, Ron has the last say in it, but um, they are the ones that are screening it first. So I would get back right. to them and discuss that with them.
3: Okay. They think it's a good deal. The, the The question that I'm not sure of and that I don't really think that they were either is, how much of the deal do we need to, go to negotiate before it goes to partnering? I mean, does if I partner with the mentor or Ron, do they help determine the – monthly payment and the down payment and that type of part, or do I need to do that first before I submit it for partnering?
0: Well, you would want to discuss the deal with the seller and find out what the terms are and find out if the terms are good and uh, favorable terms, of course, and then you would discuss it with your mentor, and your mentor will be able to help you if there needs to be further negotiation, then your mentor can help. If you're not comfortable getting on the phone with the seller, then the mentor will help you and get on the phone with the seller to discuss those terms to where they are favorable. So in any case, when you have a lead, you should call the seller first and find out what the terms are. Uh, Use the yes script, find out the down, the monthly, you know the terms, the price, the best. What's the best price they'll do? And then get with, um, get the ARV, and and then just discuss it with your mentor. So um, they're available to help you with that deal, but you should make the initial call.
3: Okay, and then I guess once it's partnered, then perhaps if Ron can get a better deal or whatever, then, then they, we negotiate a little bit further if we don't get the down payment as low as we possibly can and that type of thing. Is that correct? Is that the kind of help we get with partnering?
0: Well, yes. When you get the mentor on the phone, the mentor is going to help you get the best initial deal you can. And then the mentor will, if he says it's a good deal and that it would be worthy of um, moving it for. for forward to find out if Ron has his approval, then, of course, you guys all know Ron. <laughs> if he wants to partner with you, then he's going to try to do the best that he can to, e- to negotiate an even better deal, and I've never seen a better negotiator than Ron, so if you got Ron's interest in partnering, then that's in your favor that he's going to probably get you an even better deal.
2: That's what I
3: was thinking. That he could do a lot better than I could. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck on that. Okay, so
0: the next caller in the queue, who's up next?
4: Hi, my name is Missy from New York. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you, Missy?
4: Doing very well, thank you. I have a follow-up question to Chris's first question from earlier. So. I was a little confused, and I think maybe I misunderstood his question. Um, He said that he has a property, he's looking to rent to own or lease option, but when he advertises for it in Zillow, they're asking for what the rent would be. Um, Don't we set the price for the rent um, in a lease option, and the only thing we ask the tenant, buyer, is how much are they willing to put down? Or do we also have the buyer set the rent? I thought we we set the rent and we just find out from them how much they're willing to put down. Can you clarify?
0: Yes, I can. So Ron doesn't like to tell you the down or the monthly. He wants you to find out what's the most they can pay. He doesn't like to name either one of those. So um, you're always trying to find out, well, what is the most you can afford monthly? And and as far as down, what's the most you can afford down? So he doesn't like to advertise either one of those. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And <clears throat> um, guys, like Ron said, uh, usually, always, you can get more out of them. What they tell you they have down, they can get more. So, for example, on down, you would always ask them, all right, so, you know, do you have a tax return coming? Can you borrow money from a relative? Do you have any money in a 401K that you can tap into to put down? So you're working with them to always get more and see what's the most that they can afford. Okay. So I'm going to take the next caller. So who's up next in the queue?
5: Hi, this is Michael from... California. Hi, Michael. Hello. Um, okay, so I'm I'm working on a, a deal right now, and um, I guess I want to know if it is a deal. So um, it's in Henderson, Nevada. Um, he's asking three seventy-five. Um, I think it's worth uh, four hundred to four hundred fifteen thousand. I got that off of uh, realestateabc.com. dot com. It is free and clear. Um, he initially said he wanted a hundred thousand dollars down, and um, I told him I couldn't do a hundred thousand down, and he said twenty thousand down. Um, I, and I want to know is that oh, and it's fake. It's also vacant, and I want to know what my Um, Exit strategy would be if that sounds like a deal to you.
0: Well, so, Michael, you went from the seller wanting $100,000 down, which is not doable, to $20,000 down. And so the way that you would kind of figure this out is our goal here is to get the seller to take zero to maybe up to 5% down. Because our goal is to try to get 10% or so from our tenant buyer, so if the okay. ARV is 415,000, um, 5% of that is going to be 20,750. So if the seller's willing to take $20,000 down, then that is very doable. So okay. that that's good. So now you need to work on the rest of the terms. So. Um, you need to ask the monthly. Just make sure that the monthly you said that it's free and clear. So the way that you ask is, so what is the least you'll take monthly? And so you want to figure out if, uh, and usually with a free and clear house, you can get them to a reasonable monthly payment, which you'll want to have a payment that's going to be less than what the going rate of rent will be to your tenant buyer. So you want to structure it so that you can get his payment lower than what you would have to pay or what your buyer would pay in to you.
2: Okay.
5: Okay. Okay. And then one more thing. So the the challenge is like, I'll watch, um, I'll watch Ron or, or, or the wolf couple, uh, they'll role play the closing call and it always seems to go smoother than my calls. It's like their, their sellers are willing to cooperate. You know, mine want to, you know, he didn't want to tell me uh he didn't want to tell me the least amount he would take as far as the asking price. Like it was a, a fight all the way through. He's like, I'm not gonna negotiate against myself and I said, I'm not asking you to negotiate against yourself, I'm asking you to tell me what you want and I'll tell you if I'm able to do it or not. But and so he finally you know, he finally gave in a little bit, but is it something I'm doing wrong or I just need to go through more numbers?
0: Well you just need to practice a little bit more and you just need to work with them a little bit more and I remember being on the call today even when Ron had that issue brought up. I don't know if you were on the call today where he was talking to, um, were you on the call today?
5: Uh, I I was in and out.
0: Okay, well he addressed that. He said you're never going to get me to come out to the house until the seller tells me what he's asking. So there is objections. I'm looking at the objection that Ron has in his scripts, and it says when the seller won't give the asking price, you say, well, I'll need to know what you're asking before I can go any further. I'm happy to tell you what I can pay after I get the facts and visit the house, but honestly I'd have no interest in doing that until you tell me what you want. So now sometimes, Michael, you can just kind of laugh about it a little bit, and when they go back and forth and back and forth, and, and he says, well, tell me what you want. And I says, well, how about a dollar? And you kind of laugh about it.
6: And they, well, I can't
0: go a dollar. And so Ron's objection is, well, I know you don't know how much you want for the house, but if you did know, what would it be? And then they'll come back, oh, 200,000 or something, and they'll throw a number at you. So you just got to be persistent and not let them, um, and not let them get away with that, you've got to pin them down okay. to something because they obviously know what they're asking and you can go back and forth and back and forth, but um, don't get caught up in that trap until, those are two examples of how I told you that, you be persistent and you got to deal with the seller that you're dealing with and their personality, Some of them are a little flexible, and you can joke around like the dollar, and some of them are more serious, and you just ask that question, and eventually you'll get it.
5: Okay, all right, okay, thank you very much. Yes, thank
0: you. Practice makes perfect, and you just keep at it, and you're gonna get better. Um, It will happen, so good luck on that, Michael. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so who's up next in the queue?
7: Hi, this is uh, Henry from Birmingham, Alabama. Hello, Henry. Uh, Yeah, I've I've just got a question. uh, Make sure it's appropriate. Uh, Do you guys have a source for non-owner-occupied insurance? Uh, Just, uh, you know, got this house, and I know Ron at one time said that uh, you guys did have a source for non-owner-occupied insurance.
0: Yes, there's a source for insurance. Um, it's in the quick start manual are you a quick start graduate Uh,
7: no I have the terms terms uh, program but not the quick start no
0: okay let me see if I can look it up for you for those of you uh, that have been to quick start um, it's in the resource guide and I bet you it's on the Gold Club too you could probably find it on the Gold Club so for insurance Give me just a second.
7: (laughs) Oh, sure, sure. I I appreciate you doing
2: this.
0: (laughs) I'm not there. I wasn't prepared for that kind of question. But for coverage, uh, he uses REI Guide, and the website is www.getpropercoverage.com. Okay. And so that's insurance for investors.
7: Okay, yeah, get proper... Get proper com.
0: Yeah. Okay. And okay. if you need to look up the resource, I'm sure if you go um, into here's another one Insurance for Landlords, um, which is House Insurance www.houseinsurancecheap.com.
2: Okay. So go to All the right. Gold
0: Club and type in insurance, and you should get some resources there that can help you with insurance.
7: Okay. Well, thank you very much. You've been very helpful. I appreciate it.
0: Well, you're welcome. All right. So I'm going to go on to the next caller. So who's
8: up next in the queue? Yeah, Barbara, this is Brian in New York. I've I got a question because I'm upstate, and I may have to go back downstate to help, uh, take care of an ill parent. I may be down there for a bit. My question is this. The average uh, price in this county that uh, my mother resides is uh, approximately $560,000. Her house is a little more than that, but that's the average in that county. And the next county over is about five fifty. and the other way it's about, you know, basically similar. Unless you've got, and my question is this, is that you have, say you have a, a candidate want, or someone who is interested in, in, in the process. However, say they only had 10% down all of that, and you've got like a $450,000 mortgage, let's just say the payment, their payment is twenty five hundred dollars. Now the taxes are high down there, so you could have fifteen hundred dollars a month just for taxes. You got like four thousand dollars, and the average rents in that area would be about thirty, you know, thirty two hundred dollars. So you're actually in a negative there. So I guess my question is, is it unless you get a very uh, large, uh, you know, a non refundable option deposit? Um, I'm wondering, um, or or you have to deal with really junker houses how can you how can you make that work
0: well obviously you want to make sure that the payment from your buyer is going to be more than your payment to your seller piti everything you have to pay um now there are situations that's a pretty big spread in the example that you said covering eight hundred dollars a month But there are situations where there might be a little bit of spread where um, you you might have a shortage and you could still make the deal work and I'll give you an example of how that could work suppose you get a lot of equity in the property and suppose you get zero down and suppose you get a large non-refundable option deposit from your tenant buyer and you get a long term so therefore If you got a long term you can put your tenant buyer in there for say a one to two-year lease now the what the reason you would want to do this is because there's a lot large spread and you got a lot of equity to gain Hmm. so otherwise you know you would just be eating up your non-refundable option deposit but so if there's good equity to gain then you could afford to take um, well let's just take an example If you had $200 times 12, um, that's, oh, wait a minute, $200 a a month. Yeah, so $200 a month times 12, which is 12 months, is Mm $2,400. So if you put them in there for a lease option for one or two years, you're up to, say, two years, you're up to $4,800. Well, my goodness, $4,800, suppose you got that same house that's, The $500,000 house, and you got the seller to say, for example, zero down. So you know that when you go to get your tenant buyer and ultimately you're trying to get 10% down, that's $50,000. Well, if the spread's there and there's a big enough spread so that you know that, you know, that $50,000 is a lot of that's profit, well, then you could afford to pay. Um, $4,800 in subsidizing the rent over a couple of years, hoping that tenant buyer is going to cash you out. And maybe at the end of that time, the rents are going to go up. And so that's when it makes sense when you got a big chunk of money. And suppose that tenant buyer didn't buy. So after that year or two, and they didn't exercise their option to buy, well, you kept that $50,000 non-refundable option deposit, and that can pay for a lot of rent. So, right. So the
2: you gotta, yeah. you gotta
0: look at every deal objectively and you gotta look at each deal individually and see how it makes sense, whether it makes sense to do that or not. Does that answer your question, Brian?
8: Yeah, basically I basically so technically if you have if you were able to just about cover the uh monthly say you had to even subsidize like you mentioned, as long as the option deposit for, you know, say two years or whatever, which you had an agreement on and then after that you could raise it if they're still there and they haven't bought it, as long as you get I guess the key here is basically getting the uh, larger uh, non-refundable option deposit up front. And, of course, if you could get 20% on a, you know, on a, on a, on a $500,000 home, you got a, you know, you got $100,000. So I, I see what you're saying there. That's basically the way to, to probably do it in that area then.
0: Yeah. Now, don't count on the 20%. Now, no, it I, does happen. It yeah, does happen. High, I
8: know.
0: Don't be counting on more than 10% from your tenant buyer. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be expecting it.
8: I understand. Because quite frankly, today, if someone was to put needs to buy a house like that, they have to put down uh, usually 20%. I think that's what they're going to have to put down, plus have the credit. So, And I realize but, not everyone has that. So, um, But 10%, but, yeah.
0: That's a good question, Brian. And I covered right. that when I was doing the deal structuring. Last week at the summit, I was negotiating a deal, and it was a high-end home. And I asked Ron that question. I said, "Now, Ron, this is a high-end home, an $800,000 home, and you and I both know that when this buyer goes to get a loan and get qualified, that they're going to have to put 20% down because it's a jumbo loan. And so, knowing that the buyer is going to put have to put 20% down to get qualified." Can we still um, negotiate with the seller to take, um, to take the, if, they, if they want 10% down, is that still okay knowing we can get 20% down? And he said, no, you don't want to go in there and negotiate a deal where the seller wants 10% down. Your goal is still zero to 5% down. So, you know, you right. can, um, so that, that's your answer to that. So
8: That's the an answer, because basically it would be a deal killer. Even if, uh, if they, unless they go with, like zero or, or a little down, because if they wanted 10%, you can't expect to get, you know, much more than 10. You could, but, you know, especially if, the, if you have to subsidize the, uh, the rent, um, then that probably would be a, non, a non-doable deal then.
0: I mean, I guess you could get it under contract and take it to market and see if it's feasible, but that's not the norm.
8: Right, right. I understand. Okay, okay. great. Thank you, Barbara. Appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. Good luck on your All deals.
8: Right. Thank you.
0: Okay, so the next caller in the queue, who's up next?
3: Hello? Are
2: yeah.
3: Hey, are
0: you still on, Brian?
8: I think you still have me on, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, well, I hit next. Maybe let me try it again. The computer didn't like it, so... <laughs> All right, who's next in the queue?
9: Hi, this is Joe from New Jersey. Hi, Joe. Uh, I have a question. How are you? Good. I'm uh, <clears throat> trying to put a uh, house under contract, and it's a high-end home, and so I don't want to close on the house until I have a tenant buyer in place. What would be the best language to use in, say, paragraph 18 of the contract to uh, make sure I don't lose my credibility with the seller's attorney?
0: Well, you're not going to put anything in paragraph 18. You're not going to put anything in the contract. And you're not going to say that you're not going to buy. I mean, you, if you say that you're just trying to find a buyer, then that makes you look like you're acting as a realtor without a license. So you never say that you're just trying to find a buyer. Now, you can be honest with the seller and let them know that you are planning to locate a tenant buyer um, to put them in the, in the property, but you don't want to put it in a contract that looks like you're acting as a realtor without a license and selling, you're just trying to sell it. Does that make sense? So I would just have a conversation with that seller. It's a high-end home and let that seller know that there are fewer buyers on the market. You are going to be lo- spending your time, money and expertise trying to locate the tenant buyer. And you may want to just get a longer time to close on there, Um, get a longer time in the closing on paragraph 10 so that you have time to locate your tenant buyer. And I wouldn't really discuss it with them. I mean, you're not really openly telling sellers that you're not going to close till you get a buyer. That's not really your strategy there. You're not going to lie about it, but... You're just going to go try to find your buyer. Now, the other thing that you can do, Joe, on high-end homes is just lease the home. And therefore, if, it's, if it's, you're concerned about coming up with the money to close because it's a high-end home and because you're concerned about making the monthly payment, then sometimes a lease works better in that regard because then you don't have the closing cost and you're leasing it from month to month. And your the deed's not transferring to your name. Does that make sense?
9: Yes. So either go for a longer term to close, longer time period to close, or try and do yeah. uh, a lease.
0: Yes, and I think a lot of sellers understand that. They understand that um, it is, it does take a little bit longer to find a high end buyer, and that there are fewer buyers on the market just because. It's a high-end home, and um, the the more you get over the average price range house, the fewer buyers there are out there. So if you ask for a longer term to close, then most sellers are pretty much in understanding of that.
1: Okay. Uh, That makes sense.
0: Okay. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Okay. Who's up next?
5: Hey,
9: Barb. This is Scott from Detroit. How are you?
0: Good. How are you, Scott?
9: Um, I'm doing great. Um, Appreciate your time tonight. Um, I got two questions, actually. Um, My first one is that I've heard the Wolves and Ron describe how how they write the contract up when it comes to paying cash to the seller after... um, they cash out where they're getting a lump sum at the end. But in the meantime, you want to match the terms of your contract of what their current mortgage is. And I've seen Ron use TBD for some things and um, the Wolves, I've seen their contracts where they'll put an actual percentage rate in there and say that they'll cash out in the rest of when it's closed and they'll modify the whole paragraph. but. What's your method of doing that, of um, writing up 2B uh, to match what the seller's current terms are of their mortgage to match um, your contract, and then stating that you're going to pay them the remainder uh, of the selling price to them after you cash out?
0: and paying the remainder of the sales price after you cash out. Well, basically, that's what they all are, is the remainder after you cash out. So you are wrapping it around um, a, an existing mortgage, and if the mortgage is going to be what's there, then um, you can put a paragraph in there. If, if you're wrapping it around exactly what's there, you can put in there principal and interest according to the underlying mortgage loans amortization schedule, you can put that in there um, sometimes you don 't know like for example, to you could put two d b d to be determined might be that if you're negotiating um, that they want a certain interest rate, so mm-hmm. you can figure out um, you know the payment and then at a certain interest rate and then You can determine how many years will be left. So it all depends, Scott, on the individual deal. It's hard to say how to write it up until you know the actual terms, until you know the actual interest rate, until you know exactly what you're talking about. But there's various different ways to do that in the contract. Um, Do you have a mentor?
9: Um, I'd already had a mentor here a year or so ago with uh, Andrew. And, I'm considering, well, i got to talk to my better half about maybe considering to re-up again here. Um, well,
0: when you re-up for your mentoring, your mentor will certainly help you that with that on an individual basis when they know the terms that are specific on how to write them up and help you with that. So, so, that's essentially
9: um, a wrap, right? I mean, I, I do, yeah. we do land contracts here in Michigan, so I'm, I'm assuming I can still write it up. The same way, right? With the exception of being land contract versus owner finance type right.
0: of the wrap around mortgage is a wrap around mortgage. You're still wrapping it around the existing terms, and you're going to specify those in two B. The only thing that makes it different is at the top. There's three ways: general warranty deed, land contract, or all inclusive trust deed. So at the top of the contract, you'll notice that Ron's in Florida says general warranty deed. So for your situation in Detroit, you would mark through general warranty deed and you would put land contract and then in the blank into b instead of putting rat mortgage, you put land contract in that blank there. So right. yeah, yeah, it's just a matter of what you call it, but the same principle is the same as is basically wrapping it around the existing payment that is there.
9: Got it. Okay. Um, and then I do have one more question for you, if you get a second. Um, okay. It has to do with deal structuring. I I, I tend to be a thinker, so um, I do a little bit of homework when I sit there trying to calculate what what the sellers. Payment is versus what it's going to be mine after it's transferred, and um, the tax and cap gets lifted, you know. And then uh, we're also paying non-homestead exemption taxes. Um, I'm finding that that could raise the price anywhere from 250 to 350 dollars for houses from 200 to 400 thousand. Do you ever experience sticker shock when? Uh, you're, you're assuming you're paying, say, $1,200 uh, that year and you've deal-structured it in your head that everything's good and then come the next year, taxes get bumped up and now you're paying fifteen. Um, well, or...
0: you should kind of plan for that. You should kind of think about that because you know that when you're going in, um, if the deed transfers, taxes do go up, they're based on the purchase price and they aren't going to go up so you'll know if the house is uh, homesteaded uh, at the time. You know, this if the whether you know it's rented or they've been out of the house, um, whether it's homesteaded, and so you can kind of plan on the taxes going up like that. And so that's uh, why you want to have monies in escrow, and that's another reason that Ron always tells you to get in there with zero to five percent down and get. from your buyer, and you just want to have escrows for certain things like that, but kind of plan to know that ahead of time so you know on your tax.
9: Yeah, that that also brings up another question for me real quick. And and When you do a land contract, do we still need to get that letter signed from sellers uh, sharing their current mortgage information, or are we essentially – being a lease option type of tenant, but it's actually a land contract because you're kind of getting, you're kind of paying rent, but yet you're still getting the tax advantages. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you're purchasing
0: on a land contract or a wrap or whatever you want to call it, it's still wrapping it around the um, existing mortgage. Um, then you're still you're still paying. You're paying. You're not leasing. So, what, what was your original question on that regarding that?
9: Uh, the I thought when you do owner financing, you want them to also sign an additional.
0: Oh, okay. I already,
9: allowing you I to, question.
0: <laughs> okay. Your original question was, do you want to get an authorization to release information? And oh, so, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Sorry. Okay. I, I got lost lost down the rabbit hole of trying to think of the question and the answer, but yeah, you asked, do you get an authorization to release information? So you would get an authorization to release information anytime they are making a payment because you want to know what, you want to be able to contact the bank at any time to talk about the payment and find out, you know, the balance and such. So anytime that it has uh, that you're wrapping it around a mortgage, doesn't matter whether it's a land contract, a general warranty deed, a wrap-around mortgage, all-inclusive trustee, any Anytime you are wrapping it or making their payment, basically, then you get an authorization to release information. You would not need that on a free and clear house because it's free and clear. There is no bank to contact about a payment.
9: That's right. Yeah. Okay. That 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 clears it up. Okay, good. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Good luck, Scott. Have
9: a great day. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Okay, who's up next in the queue? Let's do it again. So, who's up next in the queue? All right, I promise I'm hitting the next button. <laughs> Who's up next in the queue? Is there someone up next? No? Really? So did I answer all the questions? I'm gonna try it again. Going once. Let me try it again here. All right. Um, here we go. If you're if you're unmuted, then please speak up. All right, who's next in the queue?
10: Okay, apparently, I'm here now.
0: <clears throat> Good <laughs> yeah
10: my name's my name is Mike. I think there's a big delay when you uh when we hit Star Six, we get a bunch of automated you know automated explanation as to what to do and what you can't do, and then eventually we get through to you, so that might be part of the problem people are having.
0: Okay, well, I'm trying to hesitate and wait, Mike, but you know I don't have any control over the wait time, so maybe I should wait a little bit longer and be a little bit more patient, which is not one of my virtues. <laughs> yeah,
10: I, I, just, I, I figured I'd let you know what was going on because I noticed. Thank you. In. Sure, uh, i got a quick question for you. Uh, along the lines of the uh, uh, contract or agreement stuff, uh, what is the best way, if you happen to know, to fill it out to make sure that we get the benefit of the loan pay down when we are purchasing it uh, with owner financing, and then um, uh, our end exit is to lease option. I've, I've seen Ron's recordings on how to do it if you're doing a sandwich lease, uh, but I can't seem to find an exact one for the most common transaction to make are sure we you get the benefit. Of are we talking about a
0: lease? You're talking about yeah. a lease. We're talking about purchasing
10: with owner financing, and then we're going to sell on a uh, lease option, and I want to find out how to write it up so that I get the benefit of a loan pay down. Since I'm paying the seller's mortgage down, how do I make sure I get that spread on the paperwork? Well, you're
0: going to get that. Okay, so on a a, um, purchase, you're going to get the benefit of the pay down. Because you're buying at 200, say, and they have a loan for 150, say, but you know that you're purchasing it for the 200, and so the each month that you're paying, when you put in the in the contract, when you check the box that um, principal um, and interest according to underlying mortgage loans amortization schedule. I mean, when you put that in there, or when you're even checking the box that you're paying so much per month. And it says that principal that you're paying, it does include 112th annual taxes and insurance, basically, that you're putting it in there. Um, principal and interest to be determined prior to closing. What the attorney does is they do an amortization schedule at closing that's going to show, you know, how much is paid down. So you're still purchasing it for that amount. So you get the benefit of the pay down. Now let's talk about a lease. So when you're doing a lease agreement, the way to do that is to word it in the lease. You've got the two-page lease agreement between you and the seller, and there is a paragraph number 14 that discusses price and terms. So in that, you could put a little asterisk in the blank, and it says price and terms. It says tenant buyer agrees to pay for said property the sum of, so you put the asterisk there, and then you come down below it. And by the way, if you'll refer back to your Quick Start Manual, there is an example of this in your Quick Start Manual that has the lease purchase agreement and how to complete that. The one that he has in the book is the one that, you know, it's got the example of 150000 And then, so if you turn to the next page, you'll see he has the wording that says this. You put the asterisk and you say purchase price equals loan balance at the time of purchase plus, and then, for example, $10,000 cash plus payoff IRS tax lien not to exceed $5,000. Over that amount will be deducted from any money due seller. So what he's done in there is he's taken... The um, purchase price of they owed 108 plus 5 was the tax lien. So that's 113. So that $10,000 represents the difference. So, for example, if you had a down payment, you would put that in there. So, the wording that you put in paragraph 14 will help you accomplish that. So, purchase price equals the loan balance at the time of purchase plus whatever you paid over that loan balance, like if you got it, um, if the loan balance is 130 and you're purchased, uh, you're agreed upon price to lease it, to buy it from the seller is 140, then you got $10,000. So purchase price equals loan balance at the time of purchase plus $10,000, not to exceed 140, over that amount will be deducted from any money due seller. So that way, um, the loan balance at the time of purchase, which could be five or ten years from now, would you would get the advantage of the pay down. So it's just a matter of wording it in paragraph 14 is the bottom line.
10: Okay, yeah, I, I did see that one in the manual for the for the sandwich lease example. I guess I was trying to find out if or if I'm buying it with owner financing because uh, I'm and. On underwriting, if, if the thing's worth if the thing's worth four hundred and they have a the loan of three hundred, and we're going to yeah. wrap, we're wrapping the whole four hundred, or we just wrapping the three hundred.
0: Well, you're wrapping it. You wrap wrap means you're going to wrap it around what they owe, but you're agreeing okay. to pay four hundred, but you're wrapping it around the three hundred, but you're going to get the benefit of the pay down of that three hundred over years of. Whatever they have, whatever they're paying down on the uh, principal, you're going to get the benefit of that.
10: Okay. All right. So I'm assuming the attorney's doing that. Let your
0: attorney do the amortization, schedule it closing, and he can, that's his part.
10: Okay. Yeah. I was, I was trying to find out there's something on the purchase and sale agreement I had to do for that because it's not uh, intrinsically clear on there as to, <laughs> to how to do it uh, to make sure that yeah. you get that.
0: Yeah. In the wording. All right, great. All right. Good luck, Mom.
10: Fair enough. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Okay, who's up next in the queue? This time, I'm going to wait a Barbara. second. Hey, hey, Barbara,
11: are you there? This is Rob in Florida. Rob. Yep, um, I'm brand new to Planet Ron, so I might be asking a question that might be covered in my. Uh, uh, in my uh, quick start once I get going. But uh, when it comes to uh, taxes and insurance, uh, you purchase a property. Um, I know the question about taxes may go up, but um, who's in control of the homeowner's insurance? Is that the, the, the person, the original um, homeowner, or will we be able to rewrite policy or? You're going to get a sense.
0: policy. You're going to get a new policy co- to cover you. So you're going to get a new policy.
11: Okay. So that will that still cover the, the person you're buying from it, or do you no longer need to worry Absolutely. about them?
0: Absolutely. Because, I mean, you, just like when you go get insurance and you got a li- lien with the bank, you mm-hmm. know, there's got to right. be a lien because um, ultimately you owe them money. So, yeah, you're going to cover okay, them yeah. too.
11: Oh, so everybody will be covered. Okay, gotcha. And then that's why everybody was asking who does Ron go to to get insurance um, so that that's covered, so that um, everybody is covered with it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah,
0: you want to get insurance on you. If you don't, you're not going to have
11: coverage. Right, in case something goes crazy. Next question is, um, if the, uh, the seller passes away and they still have a current mortgage on it that you're making payments on, what happens at that point? Um, do you just keep still paying the bank and we just don't tell them that the original seller passed, or how does that work?
4: That's a
0: good question.
11: Yeah, because I'm here in Florida, and, you know, I'm where I'm at is all retirees. I'm in Sarasota, so, you know, you might have some people that you're going to be doing that are 70, 80 years old and may not want to do 10, 15-year terms
0: Well, um, the loan would still be in the seller's name, so you would still be making the payment. The problem would be more that I would be concerned with is tracking down the seller to get the satisfaction of mortgage, so that's when you'd want to get your attorney involved in that.
11: Okay. So um, I know somebody asked that question, but I didn't get clarity. You know, Ron's like, well, then their heirs will just have to deal with it. Um,
0: well, I would want so to be this dealing right with you. it because yeah. you would have to track them down. Now, Ron does have a clause that's really good in your Quick Start Manual. Um, mm-hmm. If you guys will tap into this, he's kind of covered that here's a good option for you um, to put in your agreements, and he's addressed this before. I'm going to go to the section in your Quick Start Manual where he gives you examples, and he gives Mm -hmm. you language. Here are some money-making clauses to add to your owner financing when you buy with owner financing, and one of them is the satisfaction clause. So you can put this in paragraph 18 when you have a long-term like that, and this wording is, seller will execute a satisfaction of mortgage or deed on land contracts, you know, if that's a land contract, at closing to be held in buyer's attorney's escrow To be recorded upon full payment of this note so if you get that in your agreement then you don't have to worry about somebody dying because they've already signed a satisfaction of mortgage so that when it's paid off then you're going to get that satisfaction of mortgage otherwise you would have to deal with the heirs and it might go through probate and such
11: okay gotcha all right thank you
0: you're welcome good luck bye Okay, so who's up next in the queue? Who's up next in the queue? All right, I'm waiting patiently. (laughs) I'm going to hit the next button again. Here we go. All right. If you're up and you're unmuted, go ahead and talk. So, um, anybody in the queue? All right, I'm hitting next again. (laughs) All right, who's up next? Hello? Anybody in the queue next? All right, here we go to next. Are you there? Hello? All right, let's try it again.
6: Is there anybody
0: up next in the queue? Well, maybe we've answered all of the questions, so I'm gonna try it again and patiently wait. (laughs) If you have a question, this is your time. You know, you press star six to be entered into the queue. So, is there anybody else in the queue right now? Hello? All right, let me hit next again, and then um, maybe that I've answered all of the questions. I'm gonna try it again. Okay, anybody else? Okay, Barbara,
8: time? I figured no one was asking, so I had a quick question regarding the upcoming uh, <clears throat> quick start in the uh, I guess it's going to be in Orlando. I know it was supposed to be originally in New Jersey. In the event uh hopefully it's going to be not a problem, but in the event that there is a uh delay again for, you know, because of this pandemic, so-called pandemic. Does that mean that uh it would be virtual or would it be held uh hold off? Do you know he's going to hold off on that?
0: Are you talking about the one in Orlando? Yes. Well, Um, that's a question I really can't answer. Um, I think I heard Ron say that, that we should be over this by then because we're talking about July, but I would think that he would address it then. I mean, obviously if we're still in quarantine in July, then he would reassess then. And the reason, you know, he didn't do the one, he's not doing the one in New Jersey, but he's, thought that there would be plenty of time to be over all this. So, you know, I, that's not a question I can answer. I don't think he's planning to do another virtual one, but obviously if situation and circumstances dictate it, then he may have to. Mm.
8: Okay. Okay, but the, the next one, following the one in Florida, if everything goes normally, then would be uh, the one in Jersey.
0: In my yep. schedule,
8: yeah. mm-hmm. in Jersey,
0: Oh, I don't know. The, I still have the old schedule in front of me. You can go on ronlegrand.com and look at the calendar of events. The old schedule that I have in front of me after Orlando is one on August 12th through the 15th in Columbus. But he could have moved the one after Orlando and fit it in between. So I'm sorry, but I'm not, I'm not able to answer that. That's a global question. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm not on staff there, but you can certainly call in the customer service and ask mm-hmm. those questions, and you can go to the calendar on Com and get those questions answered. But unfortunately, I can't answer it for you. <laughs> Sorry.
8: Okay, no problem.
0: All right. Thank okay. you. I anyway, appreciate it. You're
2: Take welcome. Care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Okay, who's up next? Oh, hi, Barbara. This is Nada. Cruz,
2: how are you, dear? Yes, yes hi there. Um, I just thought I'd, I'd say it's nice uh, listening to your voice, and I am thinking overnight how to handle a situation, and I am so excited. I've got a you might say lakefront property that's a foreclosure thing, and I'm I'm. Supposed to be getting it, and I'm trying to do a little bit of uh, financing i mean, it's way under mayo way under so i just uh, it's worth it's worth uh, dealing with uh dealing with banks, but I hate it I just hate dealing with them you know so I'm trying to decide uh overnight how to uh handle these people who have about uh I'm that with my last straw with them.
0: All right. When you say dealing with banks, are you talking about because of the pre foreclosure or is it already in foreclosure? It, the bank owns it?
2: I'm 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 uh, I've made my offer, they've accepted it. Uh it's um uh, it, wait, wait, does the bank own it? It's a Fannie Mae. Okay.
0: Uh, okay, so it was foreclosed, now it's a bank owned property. So you made the um offer um through, right. a realtor, through right. the realtor and you're making an offer and the bank's accepted it. Okay. That,
2: so in a situation yes. like that and I, they're gonna I've that. got to get it, but I don't I don't necessarily wanna go uh through through these people who've gotten on my nerves. So so I may just have to look at my other options and uh, clean out my pockets and do what I can have to to get it.
0: Well, you know, Ron always says he doesn't want you going out there and guaranteeing loans. Um, I know. That's a strategy, and so you want to try to find private money. Always is the best thing is to get private money and if you could if you couldn't get private money, maybe find a hard money lender, but then again, you gotta use good judgment and he's always saying, don't go out there and guarantee loans, but I mean, if you know that it's a really great deal and you're gonna put the money in it and flip it and get your money out of it then um that's one thing, but he's you know and so that's that would be the strategy that you would have to use. He's saying, don't go out and get loans to go do lease option and buy property on pretty house and such like that, but I think you are going to renovate it. You're in the renovation business. Um, You've done some, and so... um, Oh, yeah, I sure have. Always your best strategy would be to get a private lender. And you know I bet you know a bunch of them, and I bet in your small town that you could get private lenders lined up. You just ask them, are you looking for a better rate of return than you're currently getting on CDs at your bank or in your IRA? And I bet you'd find a lot of them. You've got credibility there, and I think if you would ask, you could get some. So your best strategy would be to find a private lender that could put up the money to buy the property and put the rehab money in
2: it too. Yes. I agree. Then do it. Don't I can, I'll <laughs> see what
0: can happen. You can do it. I have full confidence in you.
2: Well, thank you. It's great to hear your voice, Barbara. And uh, yes, so. we'll, I'll let you know how it goes.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Okay, big confidence, and you got you got a whole crew there to get it rehab, so I'm sure you can make it work.
2: Yes, I do. Thank you. Thank Good you luck. much.
3: You're welcome.
0: All
2: right. Bye. Bye.
0: Okay, who's up next in the queue? I'm um, patiently waiting. <laughs> Who's up next? All right, hello? Are you there? Okay, let's go to the next caller then. All right, who's up now?
4: Hi, this is Missy again from New York. Um, (laughs) I have another follow-up question um, to the gentleman that asked about the conference in, um, in Cherry Hill. So yeah. on, on your record, are you showing that the New Jersey um, class, that was originally supposed to be in June?
0: Um,
4: you know, I honestly don't know
0: if he's doing that or not. Like I, I told him, I'm not equipped to answer that question. I don't work for Global, and I don't want to say the right or wrong answer, but I thought the next quick start was in July in Orlando and they're not doing the one in Jersey. But I don't want you to miss an opportunity. So I would encourage you to either call customer service tomorrow, or go online, um, or submit your question and get the right answer, because I don't know the right answer.
4: No, no, I just want to make sure that I'm not going crazy, because all this time I thought that the um, class, the Quick Start class in Cherry Hill was in June. But then I just looked on the calendar, and I saw that it's in July. So I just want to make sure I'm not crazy.
0: Well, I'm looking at the calendar that I have printed out, and it did have one before the coronavirus, scheduled June 24th in New Jersey, and one in July 15th in Orlando. But again, I don't know if that has changed, because I printed out an old, that that schedule was before the coronavirus. So if you'll go to ronlegrand.com and look at the Calendar events they probably have it updated there and if there is any question and that's something you wanted to participate in Please do call customer service to make sure you get the right information
4: Okay, great. Thank you.
0: You're welcome
6: Okay, who's next hi hello, my name is Sharon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. This is a great call and you um I I wondered before I ask my question, you um s- said something to the gentleman in Florida. I loved what you said about the um the con, you know, if you're dealing with elderly people the clause. I didn't get all that. Would you mind repeating that? I yeah. Uh, are I are heard that before. <laughs> Never heard it before. It's you, great. Are you on Quick or have you been to Quick Start? No. And um that was my next question. <laughs> but okay. what's your but first I, I got the term system, so that's where
0: I'm starting. Okay. Well it should be in your term system too. Um it really the where I got that from is the example of the lease purchase, the example on how to fill out the contract, and so it should be in your example. So if you go back to your material and you look for the example, The one that I read was the lease purchase agreement and it's in the example how to fill it out and it's in the back and it's under um, paragraph 14 where you just put in there to get the buy down. That's what you're talking about, right, for the lease? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. It'll be in your materials. It'll be in the example on how to fill out the contract on the the back page. um, The example, it'll be right there in the example so that you can follow along with it.
6: And you said paragraph 14? Correct. Okay, got you. Um, And, okay, thank you. I'll look for that. And that leads to my next question. I bought my um, system, gosh, probably about a year ago and was doing some other things and just um, got, I'm getting back into it, you know, listened to the summit and got me all excited to get back into it again. So that's my next question. Do I need to pay to keep up with my term system, you know, to make sure any additions, anything they add um, I have, how does that work so I can stay current?
0: On your term systems?
6: Yes, because I imagine it gets updated from time to time. So do I need to pay a fee, say, every year or two to, you know, get the current? Um,
0: no, not to my knowledge. But there again, that would be a question for um, whoever signed you up for the program to get back with them and ask that question to them.
6: Okay. And last question, um, ten, the 1031 exchange, I've been hearing uh, Ron talk about that. Have you had um, any experience with using that, say, with um, you buy a house, and you're not sure how long you're going to keep it. I guess it's supposed to be for a certain period of time because it's based on um, the intended use. So if you do a lease purchase, what's your opinion if it's something that sells quickly, like maybe a flip, maybe not? Um, when would would you use the 1031 for something like that? What do you recommend?
0: Well, a 1031, to my knowledge, has to be done within a period of time of when you sell. So a lease isn't going to work because you have so many days. I don't remember exactly how long, but you have so many days from the time you sell it to go buy other properties. I'm thinking it's three months, but I'm not sure on that. So that's not going to work with the lease because from the time you sell, you've got to buy the the other property within that shorter period of time. So you have to already name the properties that you're going to buy, um, and the time frame would be much shorter than a year for a lease option.
6: Okay. When um, do you usually use a 1031?
0: Well, you'd use a 1031 when you know you're going to sell a property and you're going to buy another property, and you can roll it over and Um, that would be very beneficial. When you're going to to take the proceeds of a sale and roll it into buying other properties.
6: Okay, gotcha. Okay, because I'm just now getting up to speed on those. Okay, Okay. well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with your investing. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye.
0: Okay, who's up next in the queue?
12: Yeah, this is Roger San Antonio. Roger. Yes. Hey. Hey. Uh, just to answer the young lady's uh question before about the uh the quick start uh between Jersey and uh Orlando. According to Ron this morning, he's uh the next training is gonna be in Orlando June the twenty fourth, uh twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. I think is the date. Uh, he changed it sure? from the Jersey. From Jersey.
11: Not oh. not one, he will
4: now is it did
0: he change the dates and place? Because he had June twenty fourth in New Jersey and he had June July fifteenth in Orlando. So are you I saying
2: swapped,
12: he, swapped, he swapped the uh, Orlando on Jersey.
0: Okay. So he's gonna do it in Orlando on June twenty fourth? Correct. Okay, well thank you for clarifying that for us. That's that's great. Not a problem. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. That's why I didn't want to answer that question because I wasn't sure and didn't want to give bad information. Okay, so who's up next in the queue?
4: Hello? Hello? Okay, is someone else up? Hello?
0: Anybody else up next? I promise you I'm hitting next. Impatiently waiting. So is anybody up and right, hello? Yay. Hello?
4: Bob Robert, still on.
0: Uh maybe. Is this Roger?
4: Yes it is.
0: Alright, I promise you i keep hitting next, but you know how computer technology is, so who's up next in the queue? Hello?
12: Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello? Hello, hi. Hey. How are you? Uh, yeah, this is this is Bobby D and and Diana. Um, what we're trying to find out, we we stay in Illinois, and we're looking at uh, because of the law changes here uh, when it comes to real estate. Uh, we know wholesaling now. You, we have to have a license to do it. We wanted to know outside of everything that they're saying. You have to have a license to be able to do per se as a realtor um, we want to know can we do the um, the, uh, the options agreements meaning or because I, re- I recall Ron talking about if there are a contract in Illinois you can't do it so we're trying to find out what can we do in Illinois outside of not having a con not having a real estate license
0: you can still buy properties in illinois you can you don't have to be heard to buy properties in illinois when you're buying them for yourself and you can still sell them for yourself in illinois that can still be done
12: okay uh so is it better for us to go with the um uh, like a uh, the wrap around um, when we're doing it sub not subject to, because I know subject to you have to get to B. Um, we're looking at the um the lease option or seller finance applications.
0: To my knowledge, you can do both a lease option and you can buy on owner financing in Illinois.
9: Okay. Okay.
12: All right. Okay. Uh,
0: some kind of change um last year around august um there was some change in it trying to think of the wording you can go look it up um you can look up the uh what happened in illinois there's a, a website but you can still buy and sell properties and so let me see let me see if i can look at this up for a moment um Okay. Let's see. Uh da, 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 go to page fourteen, go to page twenty five. That means if we take title or lease it from the seller. Um however it means that assignment of contracts apparently it's it however it means that assignment of contracts apparently will be outlined on January first. That would only affect wholesaling but not acts. Um Okay, so there are some situations that have changed in Illinois that I need to get more versed on, but you can still buy and sell property. Um, let see. Assignment of contracts, you may not be able to do. So you may have right. to just purchase and then um, lease, but may not be able to assign them.
12: So if, if we now were to we do a... Selling say that again
0: that should it said that should only affect wholesaling but not acts as long as they have a lease from the seller and sublease it to the buyer before assigning new lease back to the seller so we would need to get more clarification on that but you can certainly buy and sell without a realtor license
12: okay well my okay i have another question that that's kind of adjacent to what you just said, um, which is good. It's good that we know we can. We felt we could, but we just wanted to make sure we're not doing something we shouldn't be doing. Um, The biggest thing we wanted to know, if we're doing a, let's say we get a contract for seller finance, and let's say, you know, uh, it's a 25-year term you know, zero down, we we got a payment of probably say a thousand dollars. We're looking at getting a lease buyer into the property and want to be able to let's in the neighborhood that it's gonna be in, we know that we could get about as much as uh fifteen hundred to as much as seventeen hundred. Um and then if we can get that property on a on terms with the seller and, and we know we can get ourselves a buy, a tenant buyer. Um, how would we close that, or end or have our attorney to close that?
0: What's the question? You would just go to the if you wanted to do the simultaneous closing, then you would just go arrange it at the same time, and the attorney closes with the seller and then with the buyer. I'm not sure what your question is. You do it through the attorney.
12: Well, we, we were like I said in the beginning of, of the question, we were looking to get with a seller to do a seller finance and, right. and get it structured so it works to you know it it, it becomes our control, right? Um, meaning meaning we we don't take deed, we're not taking title. Uh, or, you know, well, we're not taking deed to the property. We're just doing a seller finance in this issue.
0: You just said you're getting seller financing. That is taking deed. That's doing owner financing. That's owner financing, wrapping it around the mortgage that's there. That is getting the deed.
12: Okay. So then they would just deed it over to us and we would just and, and basically be paying off the existing mortgage that the seller has, correct?
0: Correct. That's correct. Okay,
12: and then therefore we would take we would take well we basically take control of it because we get the deed at that point and thus we're that we are doing a close in that fashion.
0: Yeah, at closing, that's what would happen at closing.
12: Okay, so now if we did that, that's not the same as doing a purchase and sell agreement contract. Where we're actually we're just doing the deal between us and the seller, and so that's not so in reference I'm just saying that that makes it clear that we can do that without having a real estate license
0: well you you, you said you're getting a purchase and sale agreement a purchase and sale agreement is the purchase and sale agreement you can you, you use a purchase and sale agreement to buy any way you're going to buy, whether you're paying cash, whether you're buying on owner financing, or however you're buying, you're using a purchase and sale agreement. The way that you're buying, an right. example that you just mentioned, was owner financing. So you would wrap it around um, the current existing loan. Now, you can buy property for yourself without having a license, and that's how um, you have a vested interest in it because you have an agreement between you and the seller so you have it in agreement. Okay. And so that, and it's your property and you have a vested interest in it. And then therefore you can sell it because it's your property. You're not selling it for someone else.
12: Gotcha. Okay. That, 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 cleared it up. that just cleared it up okay. for me. Thank you.
2: Okay, great.
12: Yeah. Good. Thank you, All you so right, much.
2: Bye. You're welcome. Love bye. Me.
0: Okay. Who's up next in the queue? Mm-hmm.
12: You still on the phone? No, I just asked um, a question. We can buy. she's still on the phone?
0: Hey, Bobby, you're still on. I'm trying to get to
12: call her. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My I my
0: apology. I am so sorry, but I keep hitting <laughs> oh, the button. Okay. But um, can you do
12: Can you, could you could you do me a favor and explain that that situation again to my wife?
2: Uh, about the
12: um, seller finance. No, I just wanted you to hear what she was saying. Definitely we can take ownership of the property with seller financing. As long as we have um, uh, an invested interest in getting that property, you know, uh, obtaining the property, then the property becomes our possession. They, they'll they sign the deed over to us. And then we can, at that point, we have ownership of the property. And it's not like we're doing a of real estate, and actually, an it's actual, not
0: like just selling somebody else's property without a license because it's property
12: no, that's that's what I was trying to remember. You said it's not like us trying to sell someone else's property. We're selling that's our correct.
0: property. That's correct. That's correct because so you're buying it. You can certainly buy your own properties.
12: So we can buy our own property and then turn around and lease option that out to someone else. Got
0: that's it. correct. we can all do that that's the difference if you're just um selling somebody's property and you don't have a contract on it then you're acting as a realtor without a license but you are buying and that that agreement gives you the vested interest in the property to do so all right so i'm going to go on to the next caller
12: all right thank you dear thank you you so much
0: you're welcome
12: all right blessings Bye bye
4: Okay, who's up next? Anybody up next?
0: Um hitting the next button <laughs> and patiently waiting. Is there anybody up in the queue? Okay, did it change? Uh, is there anybody in the queue now? Hello? Is there anybody else in the queue that has any questions? Um, we may be out of questions, so I'm gonna ask once. Um, Try it again. If you're up and you're unmuted, then go ahead and give me your question. So um, we've gone kind of late tonight, so maybe we're done. I'm gonna say going once, um, hitting the next button. So if there's anybody else there, going twice. Um, all right, one more time. I'm gonna ask one more time, and then I guess that will be done. All right, guys. Well, um, I don't see any more questions or anybody else in the queue, so I guess that we're done for the night. Uh, Thank you very much for participating in the call, and I wish you all the best of success in your business. And um, good luck with your investing. Have a good evening.